Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Well, this morning we are continuing our Inspire series. Remember, inspiration is the idea of breathing life into us. And it's something that shows up in so many ways. We've talked about creating, how the ability to create is actually something that God has put within us and that it shows up out of us. Last week, we talked about enjoyment, pleasure, how God has created us with the ability to enjoy all things that he created, that at his right hand are pleasures forevermore, the scriptures tell us. And so this morning, I wanna talk to you about the movie Footloose, of course, ADHD, a parade, and three days in traction. One of the expressions that we want to look at, and there's going to be a series of expressions, but this one is on dance. And dance is an expression that all people in all cultures throughout all time have engaged in. They engage to entertain themselves, to enjoy themselves, or to express themselves in some way or another. It is amazing how influential dance is throughout the world. And I put together a short little video to kind of capsulize this. I had so much fun putting that together, especially my grandchildren, right? And just throwing them in there. It's amazing. Even kids, when they're babies, they hear music and they start bouncing up and down, right? My youngest grandson, we took him out to eat the other day and they were playing some music in the restaurant and he stood up in his high chair with food in his hand and started raising his hand. It's like the best of all worlds, right? I'm eating and I'm dancing. It's this incredible move of expression that we get to experience. But why does dance move us? Why does the beat cause this kind of reaction in us? I mean, it's almost like it's just silly how it affects us, the way it does it. And why do some of us have such a hard time with it? And maybe it's not that we're against dance. It's just the idea of putting ourselves out there is so vulnerable and it's so scary. Now, there have been a lot of instances where there has been bans on dancing, right? In some places, they ban dancing on holidays, like on Good Friday, because it's supposed to be a solemn day, and you can't be dancing on a solemn day, right? The movie Footloose back in 1984 was inspired by a dancing ban in a heavily Southern Baptist town of Elmore City, Oklahoma, 
where they didn't allow dancing, but thank God for Kevin Bacon, right? (laughs) He came in there, he showed up, and he used scripture to change the mind of that preacher and the whole town, and the rest is history, right? But why is it that dancing has this effect of moving us in such dramatic ways? And I think that dance is one of the premier ways of engaging in a moment, The psalmist writes in Psalm 149, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in his assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. And so dancing was a part of Israel's worship. There was singing, there was the music, there was dancing. And it's important to understand that dancing was thought of as something that was inspirational. It was the way that God showed pleasure in his people was by this interaction that they had with them. And I think there's something that we need to recognize that happens when a person is actually worshiping, right? To, to worship is to give acknowledgement to value, to give worth. When we worship, we are giving worth to something. And the whole idea of giving worth is being there present to give what you have to what it is that you're showing value to. And what dancing does is it engages the whole of who we are. Right, Your mind is engaged as you're thinking about the music or maybe the lyrics. So you're thinking about those things and, and then you're emotionally moved by these things, right? Maybe you're thinking about God's goodness, his attributes, his kindness, his mercy. And then you're physically involved, whether it be through singing, through playing or through dancing. And so you've got body, soul and the spirit of your life all converging together to give an expression to God saying, I value you with all of who I am. To dance is one of the most engaging ways to be thoughtfully, emotionally, and physically involved that I can think of. It takes me a lot of thought to be engaged with dancing because I don't dance well. And so I've got to think, okay, don't look foolish, right? I mean, I'm just trying to, to think. But it's something that you are engaged in where pretty soon you're not thinking about it. You're just doing it, at least if you know how to do it well. And as we talked last week, of course, anything that we do can be taken to a bad place, right? Every vice is a virtue gone astray. And the same can obviously be true with dancing, where something that is enjoyable can become something indulgent. But there's also this connection that we are to experience that's capturing all of who we are, where we are engaged not only mentally, we are engaged emotionally, where we are engaged physically, with our expression to God. And I think that's how dance works. You have to listen. You need to move your body to the rhythm. It requires focus. Your emotions are attached to what you're doing. It involves all of you. 
you know, our bodies have the ability to kind of maintain a memory of these things. And for those of us who are ADHD, we have to find things that keep us occupied. Otherwise, we have a difficult time, right? It's difficult for some of us to just meditate and to be silent. It's a practice where we have to engage in so that we learn how to do it. It's so much easier for me to play video games than it is to be silent, It's easier for me to watch TV or listen to something so it keeps my mind going. Otherwise, I'm all over the place. For me to have focus, I have to be engaged with something. Sometimes it's not, I can't even read sometimes because I'm reading and it's like, what did I just read? Oh no, I got to take the dog out and I got to do this. And, And so I have to read and I have to listen at the same time, right? So I got Audible and Kindle all going together while I'm driving, right? No, not that. Um, but I have to be engaged. And this is what's happening here is there's an engagement with all of who we are. And you see, isn't that what God wants is all of us? He doesn't just want us to think about him. He wants us to be engaged with him. It really can be that type of meditation, which I believe is the point. Real worship only happens when we are committed, not just mentally and not just emotionally, but also physically to what God is wanting to do. And it doesn't have to be dance. But dance is almost like a metaphor for life. It has to be that we are living physically, emotionally, thoughtfully in relationship to God. It's not enough if he has your Sunday. It's not enough if he has this portion of your life. The whole point is to be encompassed with all of your life. And again, how that looks is, I think, different than maybe we've heard about or we've thought of in the past because it it can be so many things. Our work can be worship, right? Our interaction with family can be worship. It can be a place where God shows up and we are physically engaged and present with what is happening. And I want to do a little something with you guys. I, wanna, I want you to indulge me. I'm not going to ask you to dance. Don't worry. <laughs> Some of you are thankful. Some of you are like, oh, shucks. Um, I want you to, if you can, close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to close your eyes so that you can begin to imagine with me. Because I want us to be engaged with the story that I want to be telling right now. Imagine that it's a day of celebration. But it's more than a national holiday like 4th of July or Christmas. This is a spontaneous celebration of an event that involves the entire nation. Today, the nation celebrates victory in war, prosperity from depression, and favor as if from God himself. There is a giant parade moving through the countryside like a snowball of people gaining momentum from one city to the next. Hear the crowd at the distance. Sense the excitement as the music and celebration gets louder and louder and is moving towards you. Step out onto the balcony 
and shiver from the transition of warmth from the sunlight over your body. You look down and see scores of children unable to contain themselves running headlong towards the oncoming celebration. Notice the people nearby also looking out to see what is coming. Some are now clapping their hands to the rhythm of the music as it draws near. Then you see it in the distance, the procession coming down your street, and it's going to pass right in front of you. The crowd is huge. It is so much larger than you imagined it would be. It's staggering, almost frightening the number of people. The noise is getting louder and louder, and it's like a moving stadium of continual eruption after their team has scored. It's now so close that you can see the faces and the expressions of the people passing by. They're smiling and it's contagious as you feel your cheeks tighten from the grin, from the sheer energy that is presence. And now you see him, the one whose songs have been written about, the one who has been celebrated, who unified your country. It's King David himself. You're surprised. He's not dressed like a king. There's no crown, no royal robe. He's not on a horse or, or pious in any way. You see him out of control with delight. He is dancing as if his life depended on it. He's dancing with all of his might. And suddenly you can see the reason for all the celebration. Your smile vanishes for a moment and the noise itself is swallowed in silent awe. You've heard of this. They have written about it in your holy writings, but never in your wildest dreams did you ever think that you would actually see it. It is the Ark of the Covenant of God with his people. The Ark containing the law of Moses written by the finger of God. The Ark containing the rod of Aaron that miraculously produced flowers from a dead stick. How does God bring life to that which was dead. You see the brilliance of the gold shining as it catches the sun. The magnificent angels facing one another with their heads bowed, covered by their wings that are stretched towards one another, covering the mercy seat. The mercy seat. The only holy image that was allowed to be engraved. How curious that an image of mercy would cover the law. Before you is the representation of God's very presence, and it is passing right before you. How do you respond to all of this? It's too much to contain, too much to merely observe. You too begin shouting, you begin crying, and you too begin to dance. This is a scene taken from 2 Samuel chapter 6. And it'd be a tragedy if we just read this and didn't have the experience of it. If we didn't understand the celebration that was happening and how it moved the king of Israel to seem to lose control. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 6. There it is. I'm skipping way ahead here. I missed a bunch of stuff, got too excited. 
And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod, which is a garment of the priests. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. David dancing before the Lord with all his might. I just wonder what that looks like. See, that I have the picture of my grandson dancing. Right? He was dancing with all his might. Do you see his shoulders from here? Just like, man, I've got to make it move. It's like, I'm in this. Completely committed. And, and it's interesting to contrast this story is David's wife, Michal, who instead of joining in the celebration, scorned David for not acting kingly, for not being dignified, for not showing a presence of royalty. And when David got back, he told her, I will be even more undignified than this in my worship of God. I will not let the perception of others stop my celebration of God. That it's too much to hinder. In this dance, there is a losing of oneself. The act of worship is just that. It's losing myself too the event that I'm engaged in. And and I want you to think of dancing as a way of living. We can live in conforming to what is expected to us, of us, right? Expected by our parents, expected by our peers, expected by our religious upbringing or shame. We can live a life of abandoned response to God in contrast to that. Which is it going to be? You see, you don't have to let an idea tell you how it is to worship. If you are worshiping with your life, you worship where you are, with who you are, with what you have. We all worship in different ways because we come from different places. There's different things that affect me that affect you. And I'm going to worship in a different way in response to God than you are, and it's okay. It's not meant to be conformed. It's meant to be a celebration. It's meant to be an act of living where you can engage God personally with exuberance, that you can live fully connected to God. You see, Jesus said that a bad tree doesn't bear good fruit. He also said that it's out of the abundance of our life that these things come. It's out of the abundance of our heart. And he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? We we are tired, and I know you are tired too, of a, a faith, of a Christianity that is all about speaking, but isn't about living. That isn't about honoring God with loving one another, showing mercy to one another. Jesus said, you know, you you." Do all these things in your religious expectations, but you put aside the weightier matters of the law like mercy. The weightier, the things that are more important like mercy. You see, we want to be engaged, worshiping, celebrating God fully. To do that, It's going to require us mentally, emotionally, and physically. It's going to ask of our lives to be present with God in 
all these moments that a celebration is happening and we are invited to be a part of it. And there's the contrast here. David, who just was overwhelmed with what was happening. This was more than he had imagined. The ark had been gone for 20 years, hiding in someone's barn. And now it was being brought back into Jerusalem and it was going to be the epicenter of worship. Once again, God was going to have his place and it was all he could imagine. It was more than he could imagine. And so he was dancing with all his might. In contrast, his wife, Michal, looked at it and said, oh, that's undignified. Jesus says, we played a wedding for you, but you wouldn't dance and we played at funerals and you wouldn't cry. What do you want? What does God need to do to get a response out of our lives? So many times it's tragedy, right? It's when something serious happens that we say, oh God, where are you? Oh God, I need your help. Oh God, now that I found out I'm sick or God, now that I've lost my job or now God that she's broken up with me, you know, whatever it is, it's like now I need you in my life, God. And God's saying, what do I have to do to get you to dance? What do I have to do to get you to mourn? What do I have to get do to get you to respond? See, the Pharisees criticized John the Baptist, and they criticized Jesus. And that's what Jesus is talking about. It doesn't matter if we dance. It doesn't matter if we cry. You just won't be engaged. And I wonder why. We can be the same way. We have to learn how to be engaged, how to participate in what God is doing, how how to step into these things. You know, any practice develops muscle memory. If you're doing a job, whatever job you're doing, whether it's training dogs, whether it's playing a guitar, whether it's ironworking, whether it's painting, Whatever it is, there's skills that you practice and you do it often enough that pretty soon you have muscle memory. You can do it almost with your eyes closed because you've done it so many times. Your, your hands know what to do. Your mind knows what to do. You just in, you do it automatically. You see, the same thing is true with our life with God. There is a muscle memory that happens when we're engaged with God. Pretty soon, we don't respond the way People think we're supposed to respond. Why? Because we've been engaged with God. Instead of answering evil for evil, we answer evil for good or good for evil, whichever way that is, right? We respond differently because there's a memory of how we live that shows up in our day-to-day life when it's needed, And just like those other aspects of muscle memory that start to take control, we need to develop this. If you don't practice it, it doesn't become a part of your life. And I think dancing is just a great symbol of engagement, of being there with it happening completely. And so we have to start looking at how do I dance in my life with God? How do I show up completely? 
How do I get committed to these things? You see, you can't do some of the moves that those people are doing. It doesn't matter if it's the ballet thing or the breakdancing thing. You have to practice that. You don't just get out there the first time and start standing on your toes or doing spins on your hand, right? You have to practice it, put it into a daily routine where pretty soon, look what I can do. I think the most amazing thing is when you encounter a difficulty or hostility from someone and you respond differently than you would and you realize that, oh my gosh, I'm changing. Something is happening to me for the good. God is actually working in my life. I'm developing a muscle memory that looks like Jesus. And I'm starting to extend myself to others in ways that I never would have even wanted to do. I'm starting to respond with kindness instead of the other. And I never would have been a part of my character before, but now it's showing up because I've been practicing this. I've been living it. I've been mindful of it. I've been dancing with God and it's changing my life. You see, there's something intimate with dancing. It's intimate with the music. It's intimate with the partner you might be dancing with. There's an intimacy that's happening because you're so engaged. It involves you. And, And that's what we want with our life with God. We need to step into these kinds of things. Because otherwise, what happens is we get paralyzed in our way of living. When I was about nine years old, I think, I was boxing with my cousin's friends. I was nine. They were about 14. And it was in Pico Rivera. And the way we boxed was you'd pin the guy down and you'd hit him. Um, Different rules back then. And so I was pinned down because I was nine and... Manny, the guy who was boxing with me, was again about 14, and he had me down on the ground, and he punched me, and he hit me in the neck, and it dislocated my neck. And so I freaked out. I went running inside, screaming with my head all bent sideways, "Ah!" you know, flailing, going inside. And then my aunt went out that night. My mom was gone, and we had a babysitter. He tried to straighten my head, and that didn't work. And I was like, oh, you know, I couldn't sleep. And I don't remember how, but we ended up going to the doctor because I was just like this the whole time. And they found out my neck had been dislocated and that I was this close to being paralyzed. They took me to the hospital, children's hospital, and they put me in traction where for three days I laid in a bed with weight on my neck holding me up. And all I could do was look at the ceiling. And I started hallucinating Right? I'm just like staring at the ceiling thinking it's the floor. And I'm like, imagine the TV was over there. I couldn't watch the TV. All the other kids in the room were watching cartoons. I was watching the ceiling because that's all I could watch. And I remember it just being so weird that after three days, my whole world was the ceiling and it was like an upside down world. And I had a whole nother world inside my head. 
You see, I'm in traction and all I can do is see I'm paralyzed. This is my whole life. This is all I have. And I think so many of us live a life that is detached from God, that we don't see anything but what's going on. And you find people who are so locked into their misery, people who are so locked into their circumstances, they can't see anything besides the ceiling that is there. And it's not a good thing. When I finally was able to get my head off and just look around. It's like I was disoriented. There's a whole nother world out here. For the last three days, that gray ceiling was my world. I don't know why they painted the ceiling gray. It was just my mood for those three days. And I wonder if our lives aren't paralyzed because we're not living and experiencing all that God has. We are so stuck in our routine. We are so stuck in just thinking about ourselves that no joy is able to penetrate. There is no movement. And we have to start hearing that beat of God. The parade is coming. There is rejoicing that's happening. There is life that is going on that we are invited to partake with. And we got to get up and we got to start dancing. We just got to engage with what God is doing because God is always working and he's doing amazing things. And dancing like living is developing this muscle memory. And the best way, and I know this from my failure and from my own experience, the best way to teach our children joy, freedom, Grace isn't to talk about it. It's to experience it. You want your kids to be joyful? Be joyful. You want your kids to have a light heart? Have a light heart. You want your kids to be sensitive to the voice of God? You be sensitive and responsive to the voice of God. That's how you teach, is by being that example to them. Can my kids, my friends, the people around me, look at my life and see me dance? Or am I too conservative with what everyone sees I'm putting on a great front. Oh, it looks polished. It looks clean, but it's sterile. There's no movement. There's no life. There's no rhythm. There's no engagement happening. Let's not let that happen to us. Let's not be void of those things. In life... Let's learn how to dance. Let's pray. Father, I am so self-conscious when it comes to dancing. This picture is so strong in my mind. It takes so much for me to, to get out there. My wife has to drag me sometimes. Lord, I don't want that to be the case with my life with you. I don't want to have to be drugged in by calamity or by hardship to be engaged with you. And so I pray, Father, that even now, 
I would begin to move with the flow of your spirit, that I would have that rhythm, that I would stop worrying about what other people want me to do and care about what you want me to do, that I would be a participant in the music that you are putting out, Lord, that I would hear and I would respond. And I pray that for all of us, Lord. We are filled here with a room of people who hear your voice in so many ways and have the ability to respond in so many varying ways. And I pray that would take place. I pray it would show up in our families. I pray it would show up in our alone time while we're driving. I pray it shows up in our interaction with our friends and the people around us at work. Lord, that there is the chance to dance, to engage, to be a light to this world, to be a tree that bears good fruit. And Lord, I don't want to just be somewhat engaged. I I want to dance with all my might. I want to live as fully as I can with the years that I have left, Lord. And I pray that you would make the most of this time and most of our lives as we offer them to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. (laughs) And if you want to dance, well, (laughs) but let's sing together. May you live your life like a dance and may you do it before the Lord with all your might. Have a wonderful week. Remember, you can dance in the works building and help the kids put those packets together. We can use some help. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Love one another. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.